The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! What's coming up on today's experience? Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but they will make you smile. And as things are going right now in the world, people need quite a bit of smiling. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think, 5 four, three, two. Just think of it that way. Life lessons for faith that we could actually use? Probably won't, but we could if we decide to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Well, because so far we've paid the bill. That's why. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. Boy, that's easy to do on Sunday morning for the most part. It's easy to do on a Wednesday night or on a, on a life group night for the most part. It's the other times that we're helping cover as well as we are a fellowship. We're not your church. You have a local church that you attend, that you support, and we encourage that highly. What we are is a supplement or an encouragement, or better said, we are a fellowship to encourage you as we see the day approaching, and we encourage you to be a part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, because everybody needs everybody, and man, is that getting more and more true. So the bottom line in this is if you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, if you have, if you want to know really just all about the entire inertia in regards to the, the uh, propulsions of all generating powers, just give me a call and I'll let you know what the answer is. Ready? It's God. If you have a really difficult question, Dave, can pineapple go on pizza? That's something we're going to have to review and really consider. But the bottom line is that you might have something that's going on in your life. Maybe you have uh, some great things that God is doing and you want to share them. And we want to make that opportunity available for you to honor God and to encourage your brothers and sisters and to glorify the Lord by sharing what the Lord is doing. It can be 10 seconds. It can be uh, 110 seconds. Whatever is going to work for you just to share it. Also, if you have a prayer request. If you need people praying for you, if you need more than just you petitioning the kingdom of God, and why wouldn't you be, then 
we would be, be collectively doing it together, seeking together, pursuing together our Heavenly Father. Remember how we're connected. We have one Heavenly Father. He's our dad. We are blood relatives, the blood of Jesus Christ, and we drink from the same fountain, the Holy Spirit. That's a unity that is there that the Scripture says we need to keep which means that we're the ones that kind of let it go. Let's stay united. And we also know what Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, by your love one for another. Just by staying united, it is a witness to the world. And that's a powerful statement. So the bottom line is maybe you want to get in touch with us. You have a question. You have a comment. You have a prayer request. You have a praise report. All you got to do is reach out and call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you do that, Terrific T answers the phone, and that's terrific. And you probably won't even get shocked while you're using the phone that we know of. You can also text us, 214-210-8483, live during the show, 214-210-8483, or you can email us live during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org, which leads us to the website where you have audios, you have videos, you have encouraging things. There's actually, like I said before, a kitchen sink is actually on the website. Uh, You can also check out an opportunity to peruse the book that we have. We have a free electronic book. It's uh, $6.95 in print. We get about $0.80 a book. We're not doing it for the money, I promise you. We've already put in much more than that. But the idea behind the book is to help us get into fellowship. And to make that a priority. After all, loving God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, loving our neighbor as we love ourselves, is really difficult to do when we're not willing to talk to anybody or engage with anybody. Kind of hard to fulfill that, isn't it? So we encourage you to check out the website. Plus, it's a place to give if the Lord puts it on your heart. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase dot org, he must increase dot org. Email David at he must increase dot org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, so as most of you know, we'll get into Bible trivia in probably about seven, eight, nine minutes. We'll do our first Bible trivia question. Uh, they kind of range all over, hard, medium, easy, that kind of thing. If it's a tricky question, we always give you our horn warning. Uh, can you play the horn just to, to remind them what it sounds like? This is the horn warning when we have a tricky question. And that keeps everybody on their toes. In the meantime, what we're going to do is dive into Matthew in this section that we've been going through. Uh, going through seven different books, five expository, two from a narrative point of view. And we are right now in this portion in Matthew. It's a kind of a fabulous, uh, what, what, how do you want to say fabulous? It's a, it's a fabulous way to understand how the whole gospel goes through. We're going to go through each line, each phrase. And here's what it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Now, we just finished talking about the fulfillment of a prophecy that came, uh, literally, that came out of uh, Scripture about Jesus, uh, you know, making reference to uh, this was to fulfill was the spoken through the prophet in the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, along the road by the sea, by the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who live in darkness have seen a great light, referring to Jesus Christ. Get ready. Verse 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
What I find amazing is that this is, in fact, by implication, by Scripture, the first message of Jesus Christ. It's not the first thing he said. It's not the last thing he said. But it's his first public sermon message kind of thing. And what I find amazing is people will, who don't know Jesus Christ, will go around saying, well, Jesus said this and Jesus said this. And they'll try to tell you what Jesus said so that you will conform to their image of who Jesus is or what Jesus said according to what they want Jesus to say. But I find it exceedingly rare for any one of those people to be able to identify what's the first thing that Jesus really taught or preached. And here we know he preached repent. Hey, you want to hear something funny? John the Baptist, you know what he preached? Repent. Hey, you know what Peter preached in Acts chapter 2? Repent. Hey, you want to know what Paul actually taught in the beginning? As you go through the, the studies of Paul, you see he even mentions that he, he taught on it. Repent. Do you think there's a theme then between John the Baptist, Jesus, the early church, Paul, and the whole church throughout this whole repent idea? And again, we've talked about this before. People think of repent, and they think of that guy who's sitting on the corner with a sandwich board. And it says repent, you know, for the end of the, the end is near. You know, some guy who hasn't shaved in like 900 years. Here's the bottom line. The word repent, and we've talked about this before, really means to change your thinking and thereby change that thinking to change your direction. And look what Jesus connects the repentance to. Repent because, oh yeah, well, there's got to be a reason for this, right? Yes, the kingdom of heaven is coming near. The whole process here is Jesus wants everybody to change their thinking. Because up to this point, it's all it's all about me. Me, 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 me. What, what was that, that movie about the little fish? There's a Nemo where they had all those little birds and they were like, me, 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 mine, 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 mine. That's pretty much everybody. <laughs> like, but that's got to change. So Jesus proclaiming the kingdom of God is coming is like, it's time to change that thinking. It's time to change direction. The direction takes place because the thought process takes place. Jesus makes it very clear. Change your thinking. It's stop thinking about me, 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 and start thinking about the kingdom of God. This is where we're you know, leading into the Sermon on the Mount where he says, seek first the kingdom of God. I mean, the word first has a reason to be there. It's because, ready? It's first and not second or third or fourth. And so this is what the message is that Jesus brings. And I find it amazing that people will try and tell you, Jesus said, judge not. And I immediately say, Jesus said, repent. And they go, he, he never said that. It's like, uh, I see. And Jesus said, judge not, because the measure you use will be used against you. So if you judge fairly and righteously, then what's the problem? Here's the bottom line to this. Repent is to change our thinking and change our direction. For those of us that are seasoned Christians, which means you've been in the faith more than three or four hours, what it means is that there's issues in our lives that we, from time to time, need to repent or change our thinking on and thereby change direction so that it is in alignment with the kingdom of God. That is the requirement from Jesus. First thing 
Seems to me like that would be an important thing since it's the first thing. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am here each time the David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon Experience? First and foremost, we want to review our most important element of the day, and that is our DNA. Why is DNA important? Because a Christian should know what they're made of no matter what they're going through. Can I say this again as I've said it before? Let me do it real quick. Ready? More news is coming. I know it sounds prophetic, doesn't it? More even different news today, tomorrow, and the next day, and for the next week, and the next month, and the next year, and the next decade. That's good. Uh, So in lieu of that, we have to have a certain way, and we need to be. Our DNA, Christian DNA, has uh, three elements. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Number two, never be ashamed. Never be ashamed of the Lord and his words. And A, always be ready to serve. Serve. There you go. So it's three simple things. D-N-A. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Oh, I like that. The truth station. Hmm. I just, I think it's great. So I'm just telling you that right now. You know what ha- always happens is, uh, I-, I will just let you know before we do our trivia, you know, get into the studio. I've done a lot of prep. I've just spent 
hours, actually, in the Word and Prayer and so on and so forth, and uh, nothing really matters. As soon as I start sharing and talking, that's when there's this thing that happens where I just, there's some something in my brain just goes, listen for the Lord, listen for the Lord. It's like a little beacon thing. And it just is so great because God is so good to you and I. He's so kind. He's so merciful. He's so gracious. And we, we tend to have these really warped images of God, and he's so kind, and he takes care of us so well. I just It just reminds me when we're doing this show how gracious God is. And I'll tell you one thing. If I find or if I discover in my own Christian walk a little bit more of the graciousness of God as we're doing this show, I'll do this show until the trumpet blows or until he calls me home personally. I just think that's just like the most awesome thing ever, the graciousness of God becoming that much more tangible. <laughs> I love it. Okay, here we go. Here's your four, first, I almost said first, first Bible trivia question, complete the sixth beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart for, and now you got to finish that, for, for what? You got to answer the rest of that. If you're trying to find a location in your scripture, you probably need to look at uh, Matthew 5, I would guess. You, if you know the answer, you want to call in 972-445-0770, or you want to text in 214-210-8483, or you want to send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Any of those three will work. Okay, so any of those will work for you uh, all the way across. Uh, do you want to say one thing real briefly? And that is some people will say, well, Dave, you know, when you're teaching, sometimes you'll teach like uh, we'll teach straight out of the scripture where it's going. Sometimes we'll teach topically. Uh, sometimes you'll find that there's repetitive uh subjects that we cover and we just kind of think it through and walk it through together and talk about it. And people are like, well, why do you have to preach on repentance like, you know, five, six, eight times in a, in a month? I'm going to answer that really, really carefully. There's an old classic joke about a revival that takes place, and the preacher comes at the pastor's church, and he preaches John 3.16 the first night, and he preaches John 3.16 the second night, and he pre preaches John 3.16 the third night, and it's the fourth night of the revival, and the pastor goes, what are you going to preach on? The guy goes, John 3.16, and then the pastor goes, well, you know, you've preached on that three nights, and the preacher goes, yep, and I'll keep on preaching on it until your people get it right. <laughs> That's God's nice way of saying. You understand, like that, what the principle is there. There's a re reason. There's four gospels. We're lucky. There's not thirty gospels in the context that we need to be reminded over and over and over again. We're bad that way. Okay, so sometimes you hear it again and again. Might be a reason. Could be a reason for that. That's all I'm saying. All right, trivia question again is, what's our trivia question? Oh, uh, complete the sixth beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart. Four. And then you got to finish it. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or email david at hemustincrease.org. If uh, you want to text in, go ahead and do that. If you want to call and do that, let me go right back to the text, because we have to keep this in sync. We have to keep this together. This is really important. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, 17, says, for it, the scripture says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent. Because the kingdom of heaven has come near. 
So there is great theology and brilliant men and women who have done terrific work on the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus, and the kingdom of Christ, so on and so forth. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, those are all different. No, they're not. They're always used interchangeably throughout all of Scripture every single time. There is no differential between the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Christ. It's just it's just lunacy that tries to create that kind of thinking. It's wrong. It's inappropriate. It's The whole point is there is one kingdom— and God is the king of that kingdom, okay? The great theology behind this is that in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, the kingdom was there, but it wasn't near the way it is now that it manifested through Jesus. And when Jesus's ministry uh, was completed, and then he went up and sat at the right hand of the Father, there was the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, so there can be a continuation of the kingdom is near. The kingdom in the Old Testament was there, but now it's near. It's kind of all over the place. And what is the kingdom of God? One time I was sitting in social studies class, and I was praying. I wasn't paying attention. All right, I admit it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there thinking, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. That seems so, you know, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. And I did not yet read some of the great material, like by George Ladd and other great theologians, but it just— kind of dawned on me, and I think it's probably something I heard and then merged in with me seeking and merged in with other people's comments about the kingdom of God being where God is king. The kingdom of God exists anywhere where God is king. And when God is king, the people who are under that are blessed. The people who are under the kingship of God have an awesome life. And whatever arena we're in, we want to be under the kingdom of God. We want to seek first the kingship of God, the rule of God, the reign of God. We want to be, have that because when God is in charge, it doesn't go south, so to speak. And if, if, God, had, if God is in charge, the garden stuff is still there. When we're in charge, we get kicked out. And so we want the kingdom of God in our lives. And you think, well, what areas are we talking about? Every single area in our lives, period. The kingdom of God, where God is king, is supposed to be over every area. Every area. You think, Dave. God doesn't care what I, and he has no care about what I eat. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. He probably does care. You probably should not have an entire diet 24-7 of Big Macs. (laughs) Come on. So the idea behind that is, well, but are you trying to tell me that God cares uh, what kind of car I drove? Because I've heard this. God's not going to tell you what color to pick, but you know what? I got to tell you something that happened. I'm just going to be honest. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. So I was uh, in California, in San Diego, doing the radio show, and my car had just about hit all of its uh, parameters that it could hit before it would say goodbye. I'm going off to the great junkyard, and I decided to get a car, and all of a sudden, I had just this real desire to get 
this one particular kind of car, and it's not a fancy car, it's not an expensive car, or anything like that. And it turns out that when I went to the dealership, I met with this guy who was the general manager, and we became friends. And then we began to minister one another, and we would meet off, you know, off away from his the showroom, away from the station, and we would encourage and strengthen one another and text one another. So in that case, yeah, I think the kingdom of God was involved in purchasing a car. I don't think God cares if it's green or yellow or blue. I don't get a yellow car. But, I mean, I don't think he cares what car it is. Colors. But there's things in your life where God will lead you, and he will guide you, and he'll direct you. And you think it's something as silly as a car? I don't know. How silly is it that he knows the hairs on your head? Isn't that more silly? And yet he knows it intimately. And for some of us, as we know, he's been subtracting for many years. Bottom line is the kingdom of God is where God is king. And all I have to do is say to you, what area in your life is God not in charge of? And that's where we should be seeking the kingdom of God. What area or what thing are we doing that God doesn't own? I was so convicted when I was reading this book for the doctorate about this this one brilliant line this one guy said he's just absolutely brilliant he said you know you're a steward of that which god gives you both time and money your time your talent your treasure he said if god has one man wisely go this direction to to accomplish this purpose purpose but another man to throw his coins in the water so that a fish might eat them so that another purpose of god can be accomplished that's up to the king isn't it and that stewardship of throwing that money in the water, you'd think, like, that's wasting money. You shouldn't do that. Really? That turned out to be something very important in the kingdom of God. You just don't know what God is coordinating, and that's why in every area in our lives— and it's just a brilliant thought. God had somebody toss money in the water. <laughs> you must be thinking, wow, why would he do that? Well, because then that fish was going to get that coin. That coin was going to be, and that fish were going to be caught by Peter. Peter was going to catch that fish, which was a miracle by itself that the first fish he caught had the coin in it. And then they used that coin to get to pay for the temple tax. It's like it all had a plan. But that seems wasteful. Yeah, but God is not wasteful. He uses everything. Isn't that cool? All right, trivia question, trivia question. Here we go. we got to get that done. Uh, real briefly, the trivia question is, complete the sixth beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back for more stuff. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Ladies and gentlemen, it's been my privilege in my past. I've been a Christian for a short time, only about 40 years. But when I was in my first year, I had a chance to meet James Robeson, who had a chance to pray for my brother and myself. Uh, Very helpful at a very needful time as we were fighting our way out of a Christian cult. And uh, he prayed for clarity. And uh, it was just a pastor's gathering in Phoenix, Arizona. 
And uh, I have the privilege again of interviewing one of what, what I consider to be one of the great men of God who are still with us on this planet. And I just want to give a wholehearted welcome and open door and open heart to James Robinson. Uh, thank you, sir, for being a part of our show and a part of our audience. Well, David, it's a pleasure to join with you, and I'm grateful that praying together was uh, meaningful to you and a, a very important part and point in your life. So just joy to be with you and your listeners. Now, David, can I just download what I believe is the heart of our Heavenly Father to your listeners for a few minutes? Yes, please, by all means. When I spoke to the leaders before the election, and I talked about the need, this is in Washington, there were nearly 2,000 pastors and church leaders there. And I said, I'm telling you, there are people right now who are being captivated by the Jesus they see in some of our lives. And I said, listen to me. We have a fatherless nation, desperately in need of a father. If we, as believers, as Christians, who have the perfect father, if we would show people clearly what the family of the perfect father looks like, I believe the fatherless would run to the father and the father's house. And I believe that. I said that to the president of the United States. I said, sir, your children say you're a good father. Eric Trump happened to be sitting by me when I first said that. Eric said, he's a great father. I said, well, he may be, but that doesn't mean he's flawless. I do believe that we need a father, and I believe we can pray and God can raise up people that have a father's heart. And so I began to emphasize the church revealing what the father's like. Now listen to me. We as believers comprise the body of Christ, the body of born-again, baptized into Christ believers who are born from above. We have a perfect Heavenly Father who reveals His will. He's not willing that any should perish. He said, you call on me and I'll heal your land. Now listen to me. Christian believers, we're not looking for a champion. We've got one. He's the only one that rides the white horse. We're not looking for a king. We have a king. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, that's Jesus. He holds kings in his hand. Our king, our shepherd, our father said, come to me as my family, and you ask me to heal your land in desperate need of healing. You come in humility. You come knowing I'm the only one that can heal, and I can use imperfect vessels to accomplish my perfect will. I always have. I always will. 